Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. So we're here to talk about our favorite things once again on the, on the third installation of our favorite things of purely OCD. Yeah. Uh, so we were just sort of chatting about what we wanted, what our, what this week's favorite thing is going to be. And drum roll. Drum roll, please. Uh, I'll let you. Uh, uh, Identity crisis and Whee! how OCD <laughs> how, how OCD makes you question everything about your identity. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, what if I'm not sexually attracted to this gender? And what if I'm really a psychopath and a murderer? What if I'm really a pedophile? Or what if I'm really not who I think I am? Or whoa, this isn't what love should be. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't really love this one. And I'm, maybe I'm a total fraud, although this just gets into sort of generalized anxiety and imposter syndrome, but I think it all, <laughs> which, you know, for good measure. Uh, but yeah, I think, and in addition to that, when we go into treatment, we start, we stop, well, we try to stop doing compulsions. And as we pull back on the compulsions, there can be this narrative of, oh, I'm bad for not doing this compulsion because it could help somebody or it could save, save somebody. Symptoms. Exactly. Exactly. Or it, you know, it like could... I shouldn't date somebody because what if I'm really, I'm lying to them and I really am not attracted to that gender. Right. Or that person. Yeah. So this whole idea that maybe you're bad for not or for doing the exposure or for doing the response prevention, either way. Guilt. Um, guilt. Guilt's like, hi. Friend. Yeah. I'm oh. your best friend now. Hello. Oh, <laughs> hi. And then depression's like, I'm going to lay on you and make things really hard. Yeah. Just so. right on your chest. If you could. Yeah. Thank you. Stay still. Thanks. <laughs> so if anyone out there is, is dealing with, um, the, the questioning of identity related to OCD and the challenges related to recovery related to identity, please feel free to chime in and throw some questions in that question mark area. Yes. So, um, what are some common ones that you've seen in your own practice? So I think you started off with one of the the biggest, which is sexual orientation OCD and this idea that like, maybe, maybe I don't really know 
myself. Maybe I really don't know my sexual orientation. And I suppose this comes up with, with anxiety related to gender identity as well, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, this just idea of deep down, oh, that place, wherever Mm -hmm. that is deep down, I just don't know myself and I don't know what I like and what, or who I am. Right. I'm lying to myself. Yes. I'm in denial. Oh, the D word, man. The big old D word. (laughs) And not the fun D. No. (laughs) Not, no. Not that one. We're talking about the denial word. No, it's, uh, it's that phrase, that idea is so central. Yeah. For sure. What about you? I mean, obviously there are other areas too, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, what if I'm really uh, a you know a psychopath and I want to murder somebody or I'm gonna murder somebody? It's like usually those people that have harm obsessions come and they're like the sweetest, kindest people, and it makes sense why it would attack. Yeah, Um, but it's like, who am I if I'm this thing, this monster? Right? And they start judging it. And that's where we get into the guilt aspect of things because now yes. we're fusing with it. And then it makes it so much harder to then do the exposure work. Not to mention we're dealing with a whole nother unhelpful emotion like guilt, which is really strong. Yep. Crushed it. I think in addition to that, and I mean, it's funny enough, it's just a subtype of harm OCD ultimately is the the pedophilia theme. And that one could talk about people worrying that I'm a monster, right? Like the, that, that fear, time. it comes up so much. Yes. And, um, scrupulosity as well. Mm. Right. It's like, if I'm, maybe I'm really not a, a person of faith. Maybe right. I'm, you know, really, um, worshiping the devil because I'm not doing stuff Right. Yes. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's 666. Yep. And I, you know, I didn't feel the right way when I prayed. So maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm, maybe my intention is off when I'm, when I'm doing things and it's, it's really geared toward devil worship to your point. And then we can go into the moral scrupulosity round realm. Mm -hmm. I can't speak today. It's okay. It's Monday. You're, this is your practice run for the rest of your week. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So we get warmed up for our clients. And we're just warming up, you guys. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, So moral scrupulosity Mm. and the fear that maybe you're not living up to your own moral standards, that you're not a good person or that you're not living by your moral code. That's, that's one way where your identity can just get sideswiped that you couldn't see it, but I was really revving up for like a side hook. Yeah. She's going to just do immediate concussion. Immediately concussed. Yeah. That's what OCD does. Yeah. Um, it could go into, Hmm. By the way, somebody asked about us doing a live on sensory motor OCD. We actually have one of, of those already. So you can look at our website. You can look at 
YouTube, you could look at Instagram TV. We're all over the place, man. And then you can also uh, go on the podcast apps because we're on there too. So since yeah. remote OCD exists already and not that we won't do more on it, but. Yeah, there's plenty to do on all of the content areas. We'll be swinging by all of them again <laughs> at some point. <laughs> um, Waving happy trails yeah. to you. Um, <laughs> Doing a tour, a, Euro, a Euro tour. Yes. A European tour. Yeah. I don't know why I'm singing on our episodes recently, but that's where we're at. Because we need a little joy is what it is. Well. Um, so moral, where was I going with that? Uh, shoot. Mm. Oh, sucker. I forgot. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it's Monday. It is. See, it's the warm up. So I think though what we were generally speaking toward is that you are not living like the fear is that you're not living in alignment with who you want to be. And and therefore that can really get at that identity piece of like, well, what if I don't really mean that? Like, what if I don't really love that person? Um, because I am being disingenuous with them somehow or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely the taboo stuff for sure. All that cross all related to that identity stuff existential stuff as well which is mm. you know like um what if i'm not living the life that i am supposed to be living or what if i'm not being the right person in this world or yeah. what if this isn't even me whoa tilt <laughs> no it's that yeah that that one's tough it's like what if i'm what if I'm a false version of myself? And what if I've been inhabited by somebody who's not like, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking now of different types of amnesia, going back to my undergraduate in psychology and all the talk that they, well, I guess it a little bit in grad school too, about how um, the, the sort of organic brain injury can, can show us um, different parts of the brain and what they're for. And the idea that you could actually feel like you're being, you've been sort of inhabited by uh, another person or yeah. the people around you look like th them, but they're not really them. Yeah. Good times. That's fun. Yeah. That was a little side note. That was a little derailing. Yeah. And, you know, certainly people have obsessions directly like that. Yeah. At yeah. least I, I've seen it a few times where it's like, well, they look like them, they act like them, but I mean, it's not what you're talking about. No, but but it's that that fear, right? It's like I know that's them, but they're what if it's different. Not? Yeah, yeah. But if they're just different, and I don't know how in what way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, and actually, I didn't plan to talk about this. Um, but that's where I think the idea looking at identity and how we relate to identity can be so important in, in recovery as it can be in just in general, we are so bound to this idea of like, this is the person who I am. And one of the ways to navigate this, I think in recovery is to have a little bit of a looser grip on what it means to be you and to recognize that we're actually 
we have this sort of narrative, this story of who we are, but we're constantly changing from moment to moment to moment, um, evolving and, and becoming different people. I'm, I'm going a little bit out there, but I think that it's important to recognize that instead of, especially because our, when our identities start to interfere with our ability to change too, because some of us have these narratives like, oh, I'm not capable of doing this. And or I'm if, somebody who's always had OCD and now I don't. So paralysis kicks in. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's, uh, uh, I think, a divergence from, from that. But yes, totally. That's another way Sorry. that they didn't No, not at all. I just wanted to like make sure to delineate between the two because I think they're both important. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's definitely different, you know, life stages where it's like you go from being a kid to like being a teenager, being a teenager to somebody who's going to college and then going to college to becoming an adult and an adult to someone who's married and has a child or whatever it is. I think those are definitely locations in time where OCD can really go, hmm, things are different. I don't know if I'm Hmm. liking this. So (laughs) let me find something that can really mess you up. Yeah. Let me throw a wrench in here because this is what I do best. I I think that generally times of transition are a big deal and in terms of triggering OCD. But what's interesting is that what you're pulling in about the identity, because so often these big transitions do touch upon our, our sense of self as humans. And so it's like your, your sense of self is on shaky ground and all of a sudden it's like, well, how do you know that you're even who you think you are, you know, as you transition into this, this new realm? Totally. I think we may have been the first to talk about it like that. Yeah. But that's so true. Yeah. I remember as a kid, like, going into teenage years. And I remember thinking a lot about it and saying like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who I am. I don't sound like how I used to sound. And I don't talk like, I don't, I don't talk like that. I don't act like that. And now, yeah, yeah. Turns out it's probably anxiety. Probably. Well, that, so the feeling that something's off or wrong, that is so central to OCD and you, you take that and then there's a, sort of a self-awareness that comes in and that almost hyper-awareness of yourself. And then all of a sudden to start, so it, it's like they, when they fuse together this, this element of no, something's wrong. Something's, something's, something's not, something, something's not right with me and I'm not me anymore. That, Yeah. Yes. Yep. Should we see if there are any questions about the whole Yeah, piece? and I'm not getting any updates at all on my end, so I don't know oh, okay. even okay. who's on and yeah. Yeah. Uh let's see. A lot of, of the questions that are not necessarily related, which we do try to keep them on topic. Um Oh, so somebody didn't, it's not necessarily a question, but did I really mean that thought or am I just trying to call it OCD when I'm actually a terrible person? That's something that we could 
maybe you could speak to while I'm looking yeah. through. So this <clears throat> idea that we want to treat our thoughts equally by saying, oh, this is a thought, this is a thought, <clears throat> because when we start to separate it like, oh, well, that's OCD, I think at the beginning that might be helpful, uh, especially if you're really fused to those thoughts and believing them to be true. But after a while, it's almost like it can become compulsive and reassurance giving and saying, oh, well, that's just OCD, right? It's like, well, it's just a thought. And thoughts aren't good. They're not inherently good or bad. They're just thoughts. They're, we want to kind of treat them as neutral. It doesn't matter if they're OCD or not. It doesn't. And in yeah. fact, in some cases, depending on the client, I've said, we're not going to call it OCD. Like OCD is a bad word. We're not using it. It's a four-letter word. (laughs) It's a a three-letter, four-letter word. Yeah, it's a three-letter, four-letter word. It's off the table, man. Yeah, yeah. And something happens in that person where they like, what do you mean we can't call it OCD anymore? And they can get really triggered. And that shows us, again, it proves we're on the right track because – and that's the right timing, by the way, Uh, or, you know, the right, you know – Yeah. Point in treatment that it's that sometimes it's a bridge, I think, is what you're speaking to. Right. Like recognizing that your thoughts are not inherently indicative of who you are Mm -hmm. is an initial step. But there's a point at which we kind of have to let go of that that anchor too. that we have to accept uncertainty about that as well. Yeah. And I I think. Yeah. And I think it can happen pretty organically without there ever being a huge intervention. But honestly, I've had a few where I've had to say, Nope, we're not calling it OCD. Like, and it's been because it becomes compulsive. Yeah. It's that reassurance. And then on top of that, we don't want to judge any thought OCD or not by saying, you know, Oh, I'm a monster because I had that thought. Cause I think that's what you said. The question. Yeah. The the question was, did I really mean that thought or am I just trying, uh, trying to call it OCD when I'm actually a terrible person? And I think the other piece here is, and the reason I wanted to call it out because it does speak to this identity piece is for sure. Throwing the question out there is there a thought that exists that makes somebody a terrible person? I think that's an interesting question. I mean, I think you and I both probably feel exactly the same way about it, but I I think it might be worth mentioning to. Well, I think in in some religions too, uh, where Mm -hmm. both of I, uh, Lauren and I have both worked with thoughts can sometimes depending be just as, uh, just as bad as action, right? Yep. And I say bad in quotes because that's the way they're interpreting it. But yeah. Um, yeah, so it gets a little tricky in that category of things. But other than that, no. Well, even in that case, I'd say no and I challenge it. But there's some uh, complexities in certain content areas where you have to um, I don't know, manage it better, navigate it better. Yeah. There's a, and with, with the realm of particular religions, I think it's, that's where it's important to discuss the difference between thoughts and thinking as well. And kind of, that's also the, the secret to the sense that we're doing something wrong if we're having thoughts about something. And there's 
volitional thinking, which, okay, yeah, I could, we could probably all agree that there are, there are areas that are going to support us that if we're like actively thinking about things versus not, right? Like, I just mean in terms of even with recovery, right? We know that, that constant rumination, trying to get certainty is not going to serve us, um, for instance, but I think, but delineating between those two and saying, well, you're going to have thoughts. Now, if you're taking it and you're running with it and you're spending a lot of time churning about it, maybe that's what they're talking about. You know, when we, when we look at the, the thoughts being bad, but that's actually right. a behavior. Agreed. It's thinking. So, and I, again, not that. Thinking. Yeah. I didn't mean to bring up like this very nuanced complexity of treatment, but. That's, but that's what it, we're here for, friend. Yeah. No, I, I know. But, but we don't need to spend too much time on it. Anyway, I don't know if that's uh, useful, but. Um, thoughts are thoughts. Thoughts are thoughts. They're um, neither good nor bad. Right. Because they're nothing. They're just they're stories. Visitors. Yeah. Well, and we've said this before, but this is, you know, Stephen King would be in jail so many times over if thoughts were a problem thoughts meant anything inherently because dude's got a messed up mind (laughs) (laughs) and the best a lot of money yeah yes he is uh yep he sure is so uh, the only other question that i saw that was somewhat related to this uh this topic was about and i know i just realized i just saw the time so we're pretty much over time or at time but what what we can end with this because this question of guilt came up um, during the live earlier. It's like, how do I stop feeling guilty about unwanted blasphemous thoughts? It's torture. Mm -hmm. And yes, I, and I'm sorry that you're going through that. And the, so, oh my gosh, I really can't talk today. It's okay. It's just, this is just a practice run. Okay. (laughs) Take two. two. So how, how do I stop feeling guilty? The answer from our vantage point, if you're feeling guilty, for instance, if one is feeling guilty about having certain thoughts and and that identity crisis is coming into play, we actually don't want to get rid of the guilt feeling, which is so counterintuitive. It's, It's really down to accepting the possibility that we don't know who we are. Right. And that may, maybe, yeah, maybe I, these unwanted thoughts aren't actually unwanted. Maybe they're wanted. Maybe that makes me bad. And, and then to feel the, the sense of anxiety, the sense of guilt that comes up as a result of that and make lots and lots of space. Yeah, exactly. And also knowing, you know, the front end of things is like, objectively speaking, you've probably done nothing wrong. You've just had a thought you know, just like everything that can become compulsive. And that's why going to what Lauren's saying is accepting that we don't know, but, um, lots of compassion too. Well outlined. You're so, it's such a good point because yeah, we, we, I tend to jump to, yeah, let's not engage at all, but at the same token (laughs) to recognize like, okay, we're not saying that we think you are bad. It's just that we have to accept that that's a possibility and right. otherwise it rules us. It owns us. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
and that's okay. Guilt can come along for the ride when you read your imaginals and you're doing your exposures. We just don't want to buy into it and be like, oh, yes, guilt, tell me more. It's no different than any other feeling. Yes. <laughs> listen, I'm listening. Listen. Go on. Oh, go on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Good talk. Good talk. Uh, thanks, thanks for joining us, you guys. And um, yeah, I guess and we'll see you see around the bend next week. Yeah. Yes. And happy holiday. Merry Christmas for those yes. who celebrate Christmas. For those who celebrate Ma- Merry Christmas and um, happy Boxing Day for for the Brits who watch. Oh, it's the day after Christmas. Yeah. What does that mean? Do you Not like know? the sport boxing, I no. assume. You mean like boxing, like, oh, are they boxing up their decorations? <laughs> Actually, I don't know why it's called Boxing Day. Is that weird? It's just the no. day after Christmas is, is it's called Boxing Day and it's a, it's a thing in the UK. Do you, do you want me to tell you something that blew my mind and it shouldn't have and then we can end? Yeah, of course. Is I that do. in Australia right now, it's summer, Eight, no, spring. I know. It's they crazy. celebrate Christmas in the hot weather. I know. It's Boom. weird, right? I, I, I don't know. Like, of course, naturally. But it occurred to me and I was like, no, this is not right. This is wrong. It must be <laughs> rectified in this some is way. inaccurate. Oh, wait. When people would originally unbox their presents. Is that right? I didn't know that. Oh, that's so crazy. The day See? after Christmas. Yeah, my see, I like I'm I'm half British, so I didn't, I, but I didn't know that, so that's cool. Um, I yeah, one last can I add one thing? Please, because I want to say um, a happy other holiday. Uh, so I was thinking about this the other day because uh, this time of year is also it's winter solstice, or if you're on the other side of the world, it's summer solstice. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I was just thinking about the Australia thing too, or like anyone in the Southern hemispheres and the, right on the brink of, of that and the wow. longest day of the year. So, but I think it's tomorrow. It sounds right. Solstice. So happy solstice. Happy solstice. <laughs> happy thoughts. Ha- ha- or unhappy ones. No. Yeah. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I meant like <laughs> fun having the thoughts. Yeah. Enjoy. Happy trails. Ce- celebrate with uh, with whatever thoughts you're having. Yes. So, yeah. So thank you, friend. Thank, thank you, you, friend. Thank you all. And we will yes. see you on the flip side. Yes. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you. So please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.